worship you, Jesus. You are good. You are mighty. You are faithful.
Thank you for that gospel song that declares our sin is forgiven, our debt has been paid. Lord, we are so refreshed by that revelation, that truth. God, as we open up the scripture today and we talk about forgiveness, Lord, I pray that that truth would just continue to resonate in our souls and that we'd be so grateful and then in turn forgive those who need forgiveness in our lives, Lord. God, that we would extend to those who have injured us, hurt us, offended us. God, that we would extend the same grace that has been extended to us by our Savior. That we would indeed be Jesus with skin on, extending the grace and mercy that is so desperately needed in our 
lives and in our culture, Lord God. So we just invite you to just do powerful and profound things through your word today. Thank you for what you've already done through just prayer and worship together and what you accomplished in the first service. God, we have great expectation that you're going to continue that good work for the second service, Lord. And so, God, all over this campus and online, we just invite you to move, to speak. God, I pray that our hearts be tender and responsive and humble and ready. And God, that we would do what you ask us to do. We love you. Thank you for loving us so well. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hey, if you're in youth group, go ahead. You can be dismissed now. Kids can be dismissed. And uh, we're going to have the rest of the service. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, Amanda. Hey, we're in Philema today. But before we go there, um, the guys had a camp out this weekend. We call it a camp out, but it was really pretty plush. Um, it, was, it was at this ranch, this 600-acre ranch out in Wasna called the Sharp Ranch. And uh, we call it camping because uh, we were in tents and that sort of thing. But it was on this lush green grass that was just incredible with a great outdoor kitchen and bathrooms and the whole, whole nine yards. And then um, uh, we just had this incredible chapel to gather in out there at the Sharp Ranch. And so we gathered and... Uh, Got there Friday night and had a, uh, I taught through uh, Hebrews 11 about faith. And then Ron on Saturday morning talked about endurance. And uh, so we worshiped, talked about faith and endurance and worshiped some more. And then I said, hey guys, go out and spend about 45 minutes and just pray and ask the Lord to speak something to you regarding what we've been learning and just uh, what God wants, you know, to speak to you just go out there and listen to the Lord, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. So we did that. We came back, and we talked about it. And really the best part of the whole 24-hour period that we had out there was just the testimonies of God's faithfulness. And so if you missed it, man, plan to be a part of what's going on. When when we do it again, we'll do it again probably around this time next year. We'll have another camp, but maybe sooner. It it was so rich and refreshing, and it's just a time for men to connect. And we had great food. We had some amazing tri-tip for dinner, and then just this amazing, we had, we cooked up so much bacon for breakfast. I mean, the guys went through, and they took as much bacon as they wanted, and they came back for more. It was just, there was this this abundance of bacon. You can never go wrong with bacon and tri-tip with guys, and uh, did hotcakes and all kinds of stuff. It was just an incredible time, but um, God was on the move with our men uh, this, this last 24 hours, and I'm really refreshed by that and really grateful for it. And I think God wants to do something with us today um, as we teach through Philemon. Philemon is all about forgiveness. I've titled the message today, Forgiveness is Possible. Philemon is all about forgiveness. The Apostle Paul writes as he's in a Roman cell, um, writes this letter to his friend Philemon, his partner in the faith, And he affirms him and blesses him through the words that he writes. And then he challenges him to receive again, to forgive, to extend grace to his servant, this slave that he had named Onesimus. Onesimus had done something to um, cross Philemon, to break trust with him. And then he ran away. And somehow he encountered Paul, and Paul 
had an impact in Onesimus' life, led him to faith in Christ, and and then Onesimus became this really helpful person in Paul's life as he was in uh, the prison cell there. And so Paul writes this letter challenging Onis- uh, Philemon to forgive Onesimus. And it's a, it's a powerful thing. We've been talking a lot about forgiveness recently. It's kind of a theme. For, well, at least it's a theme in my life as I shared my story about my journey forgiving my dad and what God did to kind of scrub my soul and to free me up. And that's, I think that's what God wants to do supernaturally. The, the things that God wants to do in us is supernatural. It's like we can't see it, but we can experience it and we can feel it. And we can walk through it and, and experience the blessings of it. And so when we're able to walk in freedom by forgiving others who have offended us, because who hasn't been offended, right? We've all been offended. Maybe it's somebody who just cut us off on the freeway and we just have to say, bless them, Lord, right? <laughs> I, I forgive that person. But maybe it's a, a deeper offense and we just have to work through it. And like I, I said a couple of weeks ago, our, our life is kind of like an onion as layers peel back things are exposed and we have to deal with those things again. And so some people are easy to forgive because it's slight offense, but other people are really difficult to forgive. Well, Paul is challenging his brother in the faith. Do what God has asked you to do. Extend grace and mercy and love to your new brother in the faith. Paul says he's no longer just a slave to you, but a brother in the Lord. And so uh, Paul gave this pretty heavy, uh, had this pretty heavy expectation for his friend, but he knew because of God's grace and mercy that he could do it. And that's my confidence for us. When God raises the bar in our life, I just know that we can do it by God's grace because he's working in our lives. We've surrendered to him. We've submitted to him. And when we've surrendered and submitted to him, there's just untold goodness that can flow into our lives and out of our lives by his grace. And so as we get into Philemon, I just want you to kind of buckle up and just be ready to respond. Maybe the Lord has already brought somebody to your heart, to your mind. I need to forgive that fly. Can you guys see it flying around or is it just my imagination? Just my imagination. That's not the first time I've had that going on. So just avail yourself, (laughs) avail yourself to what God might want to do in your life, in your relationships with your friends, coworkers, family members, neighbors, and see what he will do. Forgiveness is possible. I say this all the time. Everything that God wants to do in us and with us and through us is only accomplished through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And so we've got to be filled, empowered by God to do what he's asked us to do. And so today, the big ask is forgiveness. Will you forgive? Will you choose to forgive the person in your life or the people in your life that have offended you? Forgiveness is possible in Christ. So this letter to Philemon is all about that. It's all about forgiveness. This has been, again, kind of a theme. And so it's interesting that God keeps bringing this to the surface in our church, in my life, and in our lives as a congregation. So maybe the Lord's preparing us for something, us getting us ready for this decision to forgive and to let go and to in a sense, get our souls scrubbed. Because I tell you, when I forgave my dad, uh, I felt like, I didn't even realize, but I felt like I had been like 
polluted and dirty in my soul because I've been harboring so much. You know, I, I didn't realize it until it was revealed to me. And maybe you're here and God's going to reveal something of the condition of your soul. And he, he just, he wants to reveal it to you so he can scrub it and clean it and free you from all of that stuff that's in your heart uh, that you're harboring. And so this is Paul's desire uh, to reconcile these two men, to allow the Spirit of God to do a work in Philemon, setting him free, uh, equipping him to do the, the incredible work that God has called him to do. So Paul is writing to his friend Philemon, asking Philemon to forgive Onesimus, a runaway slave who has wronged him in some way. Verse 1, there's only one chapter, Philemon 1.1. 1, 1. This letter is from Paul. A prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. So Paul, he's in a prison cell. He could be having a pity party. He could be harboring his own bitterness toward those who are holding him or those who have falsely accused him. But instead, he's seeing the big picture. And he sees he's got work to do. He's got work, the work of encouraging the saints, the people of God, to do the right thing. And he's... He's a perfect candidate to speak this truth because he's living in an unjust situation. Like he's been falsely accused and imprisoned for simply preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's in this place and he could have a hard heart, but he chooses, he chooses to have a tender heart and to be led by the Lord. This letter's from Paul, a prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. I'm writing to Philemon, our beloved co-worker. And to our sister Apphia, and to our fellow soldier Archippus, and to the church that meets in your house. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. So Paul didn't just write this letter to Philemon. He and Timothy together wrote this letter to Philemon and to others around Philemon and to the church that meets in their house. It would seem like this letter should be a personal letter, friend to friend. But there was something going on that caused Paul to write this letter with Timothy to this group, this group of people. There was something happening in the, the congregation of believers. And so Paul writes to these people. He writes because, number one in your notes, unforgiveness negatively impacts God's family. Unforgiveness negatively impacts God's family. So it's not just about Philemon needing to forgive a runaway slave. Uh, Onesimus is now a brother in Christ, and the unforgiveness that's being harbored in Philemon's heart is impacting those around. And that's what happens. We don't just sin, and I'm going to call it sin because that's what the Bible calls it. Unforgiveness is sin. And so we don't just sin in a bubble, but our sin impacts the people who are in our sphere of influence. And so we need to understand that unforgiveness negatively impacts God's family. And so Paul didn't just write the letter to Philemon. Paul and Timothy wrote this letter to Philemon, Apphia, Archippus, and to the church that meets in their home. And so it's a letter meant to be dispersed to more than just Philemon. This message was a message to Philemon, but its implications touched the body of believers at Colossae. So why? Because unforgiveness negatively impacts God's family. So verse 4 says, I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon. 
because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. So Philemon had received forgiveness from God, and now he is growing in his faith as a believer, as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And with growth and maturity comes greater ability and greater responsibility. As we grow in our faith and grow in our understanding and grow in the power of God comes greater um, ability, meaning God gives us the ability to do things that maybe we couldn't do when we were in our before Christ days or when we were young believers. But as we grow in maturity, we grow, we, there it comes greater ability and responsibility. God, so Paul is calling Philemon to this place of responsibility. You have to own this and you have to deal with it. Verse 6, and I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. So it's time for Philemon to put into action what he's been learning and experiencing. He, he needs to now put into action what he's experienced. He's experienced the grace and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he's walked with God for a time now. And so now Paul is saying, hey, it's time for you to do what has happened to you. You've been graciously forgiven by a good and faithful God. And actually now you have the responsibility to forgive others in your life. You get to be Jesus with skin on, forgiving those who have offended you, uh, extending grace and mercy to those who do not deserve it. It's time for Philemon to put into action what he's been learning and experiencing. He gets to be like Jesus and extend forgiveness to the one who has wronged him. And it's a legitimate wrong. Something happened, and it caused Onesimus to run away. And in his running, he found Paul somehow. And in his running, he found a new life in Jesus. And God was beginning to put things back together. For Philemon, his faith is beginning to cost him. The cost is now you, Philemon, are responsible. You've got responsibilities within the kingdom to work beyond yourself, beyond your own ability, beyond your own capacity to trust and to be filled with the Holy Spirit and do what you are called and commanded to do. He was, it was going to cost him something to do what God had asked him to do, but his faith will also give him the ability to do the supernatural God work. And it's a God work, isn't it? When we extend grace, we're just being like God. When we say, I forgive you, and I love you. Now, there's some people that we forgive that we still keep a distance from because they're unsafe, but we must forgive. So we forgive, and we keep them at a distance, and we bless them from a distance. And then there's others, like with Philemon and Onesimus, Paul saying, hey, you bring him back to yourself and love him and forgive him and welcome him back into your world. And so maybe there are people that we have to welcome back into our world. And by God's grace, we're able to do that. By God's grace, we're able to extend that kind of mercy. And then there's others. We say, I forgive you from a distance. God bless you, but you're not safe and we need to keep our distance. So Philemon was called to the supernatural purposes of God. Paul said, your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother. 
See the kindness, the tenderness? This is a, a great example. Paul's a great example of challenging the body of Christ, challenging believers to do the right thing. He's affirming him and loving him and then raising the bar in his life. He's saying, you're, you're growing, my brother. I'm so encouraged by your growth. Let's raise the bar in your life. There's something more that God has for you. He's been doing amazing things as a believer, as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, but there's more. There's, there's this undealt with issue in your life. And maybe there's an issue in our lives, in your life, that needs to be dealt with. You're like, most of my life is good, but there's just this one thing. Maybe it's a person that needs forgiveness Maybe it's a, a sin that just is not being addressed. Maybe it's an issue that you need to pray through. God would challenge us as believers, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ to get it all dealt with and to get it all handled, to do business with the Lord. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. I, I believe that God has been preparing Philemon and, and probably preparing each of us to hear this message today about forgiveness. Philemon had been growing and, and been used by the Lord to refresh the people of God. And now the bar was going to be raised in his life. And he was going to have the opportunity to refresh someone who had hurt him deeply by extending grace and mercy. It's a supernatural thing. It's something that we cannot do, that we can't even imagine doing in our own strength and our own human capacity, but God gives us the grace to do it. So God has been preparing Philemon for this moment as it's obvious. His love and kindness for others has been a source of refreshing to the people of God. He's going to now have the opportunity to refresh someone who he's been at odds with. It doesn't sound like Philemon's a bad guy. It sounds like he's a pretty good guy. He's just struggling to do the right thing in this situation and in this scenario. And isn't God so good to point out these things so that we can do business with the Lord, so that we can be freed up by his grace and mercy, so that our souls can be scrubbed from the ugliness that contaminates us from this world and from sin and unforgiveness. And so the Lord's saying, hey, I want to free you up so I can clean you up and so that you can be free in Jesus' name. Unforgiveness negatively impacts God's family, number one. And number two, we need to realize as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, people who've received the grace and mercy of God, that number two, forgiveness is not optional. Whoa. It's not optional. It's actually required that we would forgive. Matthew 6, 14 and 15, Jesus said, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others... Your father will not forgive your sins. Man. I think what Jesus is saying is, listen, when you've experienced the mercy and the forgiveness, the grace of our good God and Savior, Jesus Christ, when, when you've truly experienced that and you understand it at your core, that once you were lost and now you've been found. You were blind, but now you see. God has resurrected your life. He has saved you. He's extended forgiveness and grace. And now, out of that experience, God is calling us to forgive 
those that we need to forgive. He's saying if, you, if you've really experienced that supernatural work of God in your life, then you will have the capacity by my grace to extend it to others. If you, if you cannot do it, then maybe you've missed out on the, the forgiveness of God. Maybe you don't really have the forgiveness of God and you need to do some business with the Lord. I think, I think if we realize what Jesus is saying, we, we need to take serious this issue of forgiveness. It's not optional. So maybe you're sitting here today and you say, man, I, I don't know how to forgive this person. Well, God knows how. <laughs> he does. He, he does. I, I was thinking about my life and what a scoundrel I was and uh, before Christ found me. And then I think about my life and what a scoundrel I still am, even as a follower of Christ. And I think God has found a way to forgive me by his grace because his mercy is so abundant and his love is so unconditional. I think, man, if God can continue to forgive me, man, I, I by God's grace, can extend that t- to others. And so if we pray, we say, Lord, I don't know how to do it, but I, I want to do it. <laughs> I don't have the capacity, but God, make me capable, Lord. Would you help me? And then we just begin to do it. We say, Lord, I forgive that person. I, I release that person from their, their debts. I, I, I don't want to hold that against them anymore. And then what happens is that your soul gets scrubbed and you begin to feel free in Jesus' name. You begin to feel the, the new life that is meant to be yours in Christ Jesus. In Luke 17, 3 through 4, Jesus said, So watch yourselves. If another believer, the Greek word is your brother, if your brother sins, rebuke that person. Then if there is repentance, forgive. But if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks for forgiveness, you must forgive. Like, Lord, Lord, are you crazy? Are you being serious? Like, they keep hurting me. They keep offending me. And that's why sometimes we just need to forgive and distance ourselves so we're not continually being hurt by the same person. So there's wisdom in that. We forgive them from a distance. We love them from a distance by God's grace. But we need to continue to forgive. And so maybe... Maybe you're in a situation where you're just continuing to get hurt, continually getting hurt by the same person. Just maybe it's time to figure out a way to distance yourself, get some counseling with that person, um, with a counselor who can help you mitigate the problems and deal with the problems. But, but forgiveness is not optional. Jesus is pretty clear about the topic of forgiveness. It's not optional. Paul's appeal to Onesimus, verse 8, that is why I'm boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it. In the name of Christ, because it is the right thing for you to do. Paul saying, I, as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing the, the plans and purposes of God, I could demand. But isn't it so much better when we can, from the heart, allow God to change us and from the heart begin to extend that grace and mercy. And that's what Paul wanted for Philemon. He knew that if he could appeal to his heart and get a heart change, that it would be a lasting grace and forgiveness that, can be, that could be extended. He said, but because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you. Consider this a request from me, Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child, Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus, his, the, the name means useful. And that's telling, uh, and now this next verse goes, he, his name means useful. And so in verse 11 says, Onesimus hasn't been of much use 
to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you, and with him comes my own part. I wanted to keep him here with me while I'm in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf, but I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I, I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. It seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. You lost him as a slave for a little while, but you're going to have him back forever as a brother in Christ. Living together with him forever and ever into eternity together with the Lord. And so you lost him for a moment. God wants to reconcile you back together, not as slave and master, but as brothers in Christ. You see, at the foot of the cross, the level, the, the ground is level. We all come to Christ the same way, in desperate need of his mercy. So whether slave or master, whether apostle or whatever it may be, we come to the Lord desperately in need of his mercy and grace. And people all around us desperately need that from us. They need Jesus with skin on. Maybe, and maybe, just maybe, your extension of grace to someone else will warm them up to the extension of grace from the living God as they experience it in the human realm that they might experience it in the spiritual realm from the Lord Jesus Christ. He is no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. Unforgiveness negatively impacts God's family. That's why Paul is writing this letter, hoping for reconciliation. That's why I'm preaching this message today, hoping for reconciliation, that grace would be extended across the aisle and to one another in the congregation of the saints, the believers at Harvest Church and beyond, that we would uh, extend this grace and mercy to the people we know and people who we don't know, but we'd be free in Jesus just to let people be forgiven. Unforgiveness negatively impacts God's family. Forgiveness is not optional, number two. And number three, forgiven people must learn to forgive others. Forgiven people must learn to forgive others. In Matthew 18, 21 and 22, then Peter came to him, to Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often... <laughs> Isn't that a great question? How, what's really required of me, Lord? How often should I forgive someone? In the Greek, my brother. How often should I forgive my brother who sins against me? Seven times? Seems generous. No, Jesus said, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Continuously. Forgive your brother. Continuously forgive those who have sinned against you. We must, as the body of Christ, who have been forgiven by the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we must learn to extend that to other people. It's the gospel work in the earth that God wants to accomplish. He wants the body of Christ to be united and uh, merciful and gracious to one another and united and gracious and merciful to the world so that we might draw people to Jesus. So if you consider me your partner, Paul writes, what's the partnership? Having to, It's, it's a, the partnership in the gospel, right? He's saying, hey, hey, if we're taking this gospel message to the world, if we're taking it to our 
world, and yet we can't forgive one another. Where's the power in the gospel message? If that power, if that gospel message doesn't have the power to transform our lives so that we might forgive others, then where is the real power? So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. And I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. (laughs) So Paul was instrumental in leading Philemon to the Lord. Paul was instrumental in leading Onesimus to the Lord. And so now as brothers in the Lord, he's working with them to help reconcile their lives together. So that when the world... Uh, well, for a number of reasons, so that when the world sees us as the body of Christ, the world sees this united, gracious group of people who are just trying to, by faith, with endurance, serve the Lord together. And so that when the world sees that, they'll be drawn in by that incredible and supernatural work of God that they're not seeing in the world. And beyond just the impact that our ability to forgive others will have in the world and in the church, we get scrubbed of all of that junk that's in our soul that's holding us up and that's blocking us from really moving into supernatural life as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is giving Philemon the big picture perspective. Hey, sometimes we can get so focused right here, so narrow and so Uh, focused on the wrong stuff, and and Paul's like saying, hey, step back a bit. Imagine what God might want to do if you're freed up from all of this stuff. We sometimes feel justified in holding on to our unforgiveness. We want to hold on to it because it's a safe, familiar thing to us, but it's really cancer, and it's really eating away at us and destroying our fellowship and destroying our ability to trust God together and move forward together. Verse 20, yes, my brother, please do me this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. Paul's all in it. He's like, I'm being impacted by this. Together, let's work this out and and find some resolution and some reconciliation. I'm confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. Paul had great confidence in Philemon. And even as I preach this message, I have great confidence that God is working in this congregation of believers That he's working in your hearts and minds, bringing you to a place of tenderness so that you might extend forgiveness to those in your life. And then with that tenderness and forgiveness, freedom in Jesus' name, renewed joy and confidence in Christ, renewed passion for him, renewed love for people. When we let all that injury go and allow God to heal us, we're, we've got capacity to love people again. We've got capacity to love God again. We've got people capacity to bring people close to us again. Some of us have been so guarded because we've been so hurt that we've got people at a distance. We've got God at a distance, and we're just trying to survive life. And God's got, man, he said, i got a better plan for you, better life for you, better purpose for you. Just let me, just let me heal you in Jesus' name. So I've got great confidence that as you listen today and as we've read through Philemon and going to finish up here in a moment, that God's going to do really profound things in our lives. I've been a testimony to it as I spoke a few weeks ago and as I'm 
still feeling just the grace on my life because of the, the, the journey that God took me through and allowing me to see my need to forgive my dad. And it's just been incredible. He says, I'm confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. And one more thing, he says, please prepare a guest room for me. <laughs> for I'm hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you soon. So he says, hey, when you deal with this thing, yeah, get, get a room ready for me. And you know what I like to eat and you know, what, I, you know what, what I'm comfortable with. And so take care of that for me, William. Paul is giving Philemon the big picture perspective. Showing him how to live his life in the context of kingdom life and perspective. And then he writes in verse 23, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. So do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my co-workers. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirits. And that's what I will say over us. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirits. As you surrender to him and yield to God and allow the word of God and the spirit of God to direct you and to heal you and to set you free, there's great stuff in store for us. So with that, let's go ahead and stand up. We're going to worship. And so I would just encourage you to do business with the Lord. God has been speaking and he's got purpose in his speaking. And so allow God to finish the work that he's begun in your life and just watch what will happen. It's going to be good. All right, let's get ready to worship. Thank you, Lord. As these guys get ready, Lord, we just, um, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you speak to us and that you call us to greater purpose, that you don't let us wallow in our sin and our unforgiveness, but you call us by your grace and mercy to greater heights and greater purpose and a greater life. And so, Lord, help us to walk in that by your grace, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the
thank you for this moment that we get to sing to you, Jesus, that we get to lift your name high. We thank you, Father, you are good. We thank you, Father, you are faithful. When we are faithless, you are faithful. So we love you, we praise you. It's in your precious name we pray, amen.